But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters, talk about X-wing. We are still out of power converters. Uh, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm still Alex Smittle. And I guess we're going to talk about some X-Wing. You didn't cut out this time. That's because I changed to my work headset. Um, Anyone I work with, don't listen to the fact that I'm using work things for fun stuff. This is real work. Oh, I work with you two. Oh, no! I'm ruined! (laughs) In normal times, I work literally across the hall from you, but uh, no one's Doug's a loser and four floors up. Yeah, that's right. I got the high ground, bitches. Do you even have a window, Doug? I I mean, the office is surrounded by windows. Yeah, but does your cubicle like block your way to the windows? No, I, I have a really good view. Okay. It's he does. He has, a, he, has a D, the, he has a D set up in his cube. One of my favorite perks when I first started was how dope the view was. It's facing downtown, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's got the north-facing view. I've got yeah, the south-facing view on the other side of the building. I, I look I, at windows. Yeah. <laughs> They're very far away from my desk, but I look at them. We have our we have our clear glass cubicles now, so well we got them the day before lockdown started, so <laughs> I haven't gotten to use it yet. Yeah, if you people can't tell, uh, Doug and Alex and I all work for the uh, same place, and uh, I've been into the office a few times in the last couple weeks, and it's a it's a ghost town. It's just weird. There is nothing weirder going to a place that you're used to. I've worked there for 15 years. Constantly busy, constantly flowing. It feels like going to school on Saturday. It's just no one's there. Everything's quiet. It's eerie. Whenever Doug has to go in, he texts me that he's afraid it's haunted. Yep. I've had to go in <laughs> once a month since we started. And every time I see people as I'm going into the office, just like one or two, and then nobody for seven hours, and then one or two people as I leave. It's uh, it's weird. Yeah. Gosh. I've only been to the office once, and it was right at the beginning of lockdown. So it was not all the way locked down yet. So it was normal-ish for me. Indeed it is. Well, other than uh, freaking out about our haunted office building, what's everybody been up to these past couple weeks? Watching uh, Legend of Korra. That came out on Netflix and watching that. Binged it. I've got one episode left. Oh. Had you seen it before? I'd not. I'd had, I, didn't, oh. I hadn't seen Avatar until this year either. Oh, so man. I've been so really you're, enjoying you're, both of them. You're heading into the, Le- Le- the Legend of Korra finale. Oh, boy, are you in for a treat. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I uh, I'm only on through the first season. I've been going a little slower, but I've mm-hmm. I enjoyed the first season quite a bit. It definitely one of the best shows that's come out in the last ten years, uh, hands down. Uh, I have been uh, involved in the uh, as I mentioned last week the militant casuals jank tournament they're doing. Uh, as I mentioned last week as well, I drew the first separatist list, and I have never played separatist before. After two rounds, uh, I'm 2-0 and with some rather decisive wins, and I have no idea how that happened. It's going pretty well for you. Yeah, Jousting is the future. more ships in a jank tank is the correct answer. Absolutely. True. And uh, the thing that, again, I will eat some crow about, for the better part of a year, I have been doing nothing but dumping on the Nantex, because aesthetically and thematically, I just disliked them so much. And then I flew... Gorgol with marksmanship. Gorgol, who basically has a blank pilot ability at I-2. But I had never actually looked at that ship's dial before and realized how versatile it was. It has all of them. It's got everything. It maneuvers anywhere it wants. If you land on a rock, you can just tractor yourself off the rock. 
It's ridiculously yeah, I, effective. I mean, I had a blast flying the Sun Falcon 6, and it wasn't just because it was busted as crap. Like, Sun Falcon is genuinely fun, fun to fly. I, it was helpful that it was busted as crap. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> doubt. But, like, Sun Falcon was just genuinely a ton of fun to fly. Let's say the first uh, time you flew it, you went in expecting it to be a trash list. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I wasn't sure about it because of how expensive they were, but... It, yeah, it, then I did it, okay. It had it its time. It led you to two repeated moments of glory. He won three tournaments with it. He's he won a hyperspace trial. He beating me in our yeah. our living room showdown of the delayed final of the hyperspace yeah. trial. Mm-hmm. Almost turns out ago. droids are better than Tie Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? I also All had a, I, do, I wasn't running struts back then, so I had a super deep bid. Oh, and I didn't have a bid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for those glory Good days. Good times. We streamed it to our friends. It's. Probably gone and oh, it's gone. be uploaded yeah, to a YouTube channel. We never, we never put it on YouTube because that was that was September of last year. It has been oh man, it has been that long. Speaking of long, uh, we've got no news from FFG yet this week. Uh, as of the time of this recording, they haven't dropped anything. The last wave released saw preview articles go up about two weeks before ships were on shelves, and that was back in January for the Fireball and Von Regs tie. That was back in uh, episode two of our podcast, guys. Yeah, indeed. It's been over six months since they've released new ships, which is one of the longest droughts in X-wing history. Mm-hmm. We should. It's a decent chance of seeing articles next week. They did say in the Gen Con stream that end of August would be when articles started coming out, so we could start seeing some articles next week. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, all I have to admit, all three of the ships in the uh, wave, I'm kind of you know, obviously the lat. We are all super lat for lat. lat. But the the Zy the Zy shuttle first order right uh, yeah. finally gives it a, a medium based ship. It's got some interesting crew that we've seen. It's got an illicit slot which could have some fun uses. That's going to be neat. And then the HMP droid is actually uh, man that 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 looks like it's right in my kind of style wheelhouse there. Depending on points and whatnot, so. I think after these next couple waves, I'm going to have to dive into Separatists and try out that faction. Yeah, like, uh, they're, they're surprisingly fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're one of the few, like, the faction as a whole is probably about the only time that I super enjoy the theme of them, like, from a, like a lore standpoint, and how they fly. Like, it, it really feels like you're flying a swarm of, of droids. Being um, controlled by the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really neat faction. And see, that's great, because that right there, what you're talking about, is one of the things I love when it happens in X-Wing. I'm not so naive as to say it should be the focus of the game, but it's great when it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of, my favorites, one of my favorite thematic lists that actually did well was at one of the first hyperspace trials out in Kentucky that uh, you two went to. And uh, Doug, your father, the Falcon King Bob Howe, brought a very thematic list of uh, Han with Leia, Luke and Wedge, was it? Yeah, that was very frustrating. Back, back when that fit. And it, it was a good list, and it was super, like, original, wholesome thematic. God, back when Leia was two points. Leia was what two was, points. Wedge was two points. What cheaper. was early 2.0, man? Seriously, what was <laughs> early 2.0? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a weird time. It was a dark time. It was lucky none of us realized how fucking busted everything was. How freaking yeah. busted everything was. <laughs> yeah, are, we I, trying, are we dropping F-bombs on this podcast yet? It, um, it's after, sorry, Mom. It's after the watershed. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> well, what we do have coming up uh, this weekend is the Corellia qualifier in the uh, Galactic Galaxies Championship. Galaxic. Galaxic. Galaxic Championship qualifiers. Uh, Corellia, the Pacific time zone uh, one this weekend. Uh, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. It's uh, been a while since we've actually seen anything uh, this big and extended other than the Space Jams. So The Space Jams are still a pretty freaking small sample size, too. Exactly. We, we're going in kind of blind, but let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we can expect here in extended. Is there any meta we can think of? What's good? What's uh, gone out of, out of our reach thanks to the new points change? So let's start with that. Uh, right off the bat, looking at one of the more common lists, uh, Ollie Pocknell's world-winning list of Vader Inquisitor Whisper has gone up to 200 and... A bunch. Very a many bunch. points. Yeah, 209, right? 209? 207? It's only that with the changes to passives and Fifth Brother. Uh, and Whisper herself. She went up significantly as well. Yeah. See, that's weird because everything since World had been hyperspace, I hadn't even noticed that Whisper went up in points. Yeah. Yeah, she went up to 60 flat, and I think she was 57 before. Yeah. Wow. So I like, can't argue with that. Whisper's been the bane of my existence quite oh, yeah. often. Um, so. If I'm you can't argue with that, you're incorrect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it kind of hurts to build a fat Whisper minute now, but I'm not sure that it's wrong. Like, yeah. 76 yeah. points for Fifth Brother Passive Sensors Whisper feels like a lot, but that's still an extremely strong ship. Like, if you look at the busted stuff from the beginning of 2.0, Whisper is the only thing still standing that they haven't. Mm hmm. That hasn't fallen yet, and uh, I, I don't think she's going to fall quite yet. Well, it's true, because you look at some of the things we were playing before the first points change. Uh, the Drea Swarm got priced into just annihilation. Drea is so expensive. Drea is so expensive. You can still run it without the escape craft, but that loses you a body, and coordinating was occasionally really good with that list. And I don't really think it's as viable. It could be viable with mining guilds replacing the... Uh, Headhunters that were there in the original. Oh, yeah, that's bit. the same price, though. It's the same price, but I think if you're running big rocks as you should with uh, quad jumping. Oh yeah, I would always 100% replace the the Z's with the mining guild size every day, all yeah. day, all day. It's just yeah, an, like, it's an option that wasn't around when the Drea Swarm indeed. had a payday. Yeah, but uh, if you remembered our very first Missouri Chlorian, uh, which for those that don't know is our. Uh, statewide team tournament that we run every year st louis um, versus kansas city versus columbia yeah like the mining guilds had just dropped like a couple weeks before then and p pretty much everybody that ran the Dreas swarm switched over to mining guilds instead of z's mm -hmm. including um, me who also ran the Dreas swarm in that tournament yeah. yeah so yeah you can't even fit you can't get three quad if you could run the Dreas swarm and still have seven ships but you can't have three quad jumpers you can only get right. two quad jumpers now. Even with quad jumpers coming down to 29 points, they're still at a weird spot that they're, they're not easy to fit into a list. They're only one point more than they were when I when they were busted AF. Yeah, the biggest thing with the Drea Swarm is Drea was like 40 points, and now she's <laughs> yeah. 49. That's yeah, she's 51 with the Dorse turret, and she's got to have a turret. That's what makes it work. Yeah, And the um, fact that Han Gunner I, at the time was so cheap as well. Oh, Han, she didn't run Han Gunner at the time. I ran Han Gunner on her. I think it's kind of a shame because I don't think the Drea Swarm would make quite the impact it did now. Yeah. Uh, like droid swarms are just as efficient, but you easily get an eighth ship in there. Um, so like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like two quad jumpers still seems pretty strong. Maybe there is something there. 
But yeah, uh, Drea with dorsal two quads and four ties is one ninety seven. Which I guess you just throw like an R four on it. Eh, that's not useful. Or a whole upgrade on Drea, maybe. Yeah, or a seismic charge, something like that. Uh, well, I mean, there might be something there, but uh, Droid Swarm nope. is probably still just better. Droid Swarm uh, is the golden standard for swarms. Yeah. Uh, and which... on that note, Droid Swarms actually got uh, hit by the last points change by Vultures going up one. Uh, it means that they're not. You can't have every toy in the toolbox anymore. You've got to make some uh, tough choices when you're building, which seems to be the case every time we do a points change. It means the list that were good, you can still fly, but you got to make some sacrifices. Are yeah, they still the, top tier, though? Uh, I think they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is now, instead of getting eight ships with Discord missiles and a Fat Seer, you get eight ships that are bare minimum. Uh, like, I don't think you even get struts on all of them anymore. Uh, or you go down to seven droids in order to fit, like, the Discord missiles and the Solus one on Seer, Seer stuff like or that. Six droids plus Seer, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, seven yeah, total. Chip list total, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. When we talk swarms, it's usually the whole list total is the number we're referring to. Yeah, yeah it's just I have no. to keep remembering that the Belba Labs are not all droid ships. No, 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 they are not. Uh, either way, like either variant, I'm sure is still pretty strong. Um, mm-hmm. But there's more counterplay. Like if you're doing eight ships, you still get the the fully functioning TA-175. Uh, but now things like Boba Fett are a lot better better against them because you can't Discord missile them and just burn them down. Right. Um, Which Discord missiles were amazing anti Boba tech. Yeah. For the droid swarm. Or you go down to seven ships, but now you're not as, you know, you're not at the height of jousting efficiency now. Yeah. Maybe your pinata's a little smaller. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have one less shot. Um, yeah. That's a big part of it. Um, there is that. Uh, are there any other things that the droid swarm really? loses uh something that as it's evolved when it first came out energy shell charges were everywhere and they seem to have dropped off the planet yeah everyone realized they're not they're just not very efficient yeah i mean the thing is if you have four energy shells then you're losing a droid and it's never worth losing a droid is what pretty much people found out um Mm -hmm. and then people also found out the discord missiles are pretty much just better yeah they do similar damage on average but it's guaranteed And it doesn't take your shot, so you can even do more damage, potentially. Indeed. Um, And they have the more control and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, Energy shells are still decent missiles. Uh, It's just, as has been most of the case in 2nd Edition, if you're going for efficiency, it's just better to bring as many ships as possible. It's like the very beginning of 1.0, where the answer was usually strip all of your upgrades to get another ship. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you'd mentioned that Boba was good against the swarms. Boba has been a mainstay of about the last year plus of, you know, especially hyperspace where he's probably one of the most powerful pieces in the format, but extended as well. Uh, we saw a lot of Boba and one in the varying Space Jam tournaments, uh, either Boba Fenn, Boba Dengar, Boba Guri, uh, Boba and another uh, fire spray. It's, always been a strong, I mean, it's a strong metal list. Boba went up in points, but a lot of those lists were the heavy bid ones. So, is it still as strong in Extended as it was in Hyperspace? I mean, nothing is as strong in Extended as it was in Hyperspace, period, because there's a bigger pool of stuff to counter it. Yeah, like, um, the, the top medalist in Hyperspace is never going to be the clear top medalist in in Extended. It might still be strong list. But there's just, by the nature of having three times as many ships, there's going to be more counters. 
So what are we looking at where uh, you're still seeing Boba as a strong uh, contender? What does Extended offer up for that meta? Are there other ships that you could throw in there to make use of Boba even at the higher point cost? Uh, Shadowcasters exist in Extended. And you could, like Boba Asajj is a very defensive list. Um, I'm not sure it'll kill much because it's one, one three-die shot with mods and one three-die shot that sometimes has mods, or it's a two-die shot. But that's something that could definitely work. But uh, one thing that has happened with Boba in the past is every time he gets nerfed, people stop playing him for a long time. Yeah, Like, Boba was really strong at the beginning of 2.0, and then he got a little bit of a slight nerf, and then people threw him away for months until somebody cut with it, top forward with it at Worlds, and then they to picked be, it back up. Yeah. To be fair, it was a big nerf. It was just... Like Boba himself didn't get nerfed. A lot of the upgrades in the main Boba list the got nerfed. Super cheap the super cheap Marauder title. Yeah, the Han Marauder <laughs> combo got nerfed. It took people yeah. a long time to figure out Slave One was just as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Slave uh, One started out being the expensive title. Yeah. One thing I think it should have been <laughs> people could look at and extended with Boba is going back to the Kira Boba that was really popular at the beginning of 2.0. That's yeah, kind of Kira Trick Shot. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually considered Trick Shot. Like just Kira is a two point upgrade. Boba doesn't really need his target lock. And it essentially turns you into a better droid. You can just ignore that obstacle forever. Uh, it makes him even slipperier, uh, even harder to deal with. Um, you can do nasty things like bring gas clouds and then just ignore, like, be dash, essentially, but with a gas uh, cloud. That's right, because uh, struts, yeah. struts aren't affected by gas clouds. They have yeah. to treat those things as normal. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, but it is hard to, uh, it's hard to play. It's harder to play the Kiraboba than... It the is, mall yeah. boba because you, yeah, you just have get to, a free mod every turn. You have to mm-hmm. play around that specific obstacle. Yeah, um, but also I, I think you'll probably find more boba plus two instead of boba plus one and extended. Um, in uh, general, there, yeah, there are more ships in that price range because when yeah. you're talking boba, you're looking at between eighty-one and ninety-something points. So, one hundred and ten points if you're throwing two ships in there in the hyperspace. There's not really two good options you can do there. You can run Boba and two, uh, a rather heavy Boba and two Skull Squadrons. Yeah, that was popular. And it was a solid. That was very, uh, that was very popular in the most recent hyperspace meta. Yeah, there was a lot of debate whether that was actually better than Boba Finn. And uh, I'm not sure what the answer actually would have been because COVID happened, so we never got enough data. Um, but the it answer was at the time showing. was how better, if you were going to find Fett or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, slash the mirror. But yeah, that I think that was a really solid list at the time. Yeah, it's probably still pretty solid now. Can't you argue know. with that. Definitely right. space, but yeah, yeah. The Boba nerf does hurt. Uh, I don't think it makes Boba bad or even necessarily worse. Just a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, you, like a lot of Boba lists, the Boba fan lists were in a deep bid, like a very deep bid. So that's been affected a little bit. And you probably have to drop a bomb or a whole upgrade off of uh, a double fire spray list. Mm-hmm. But like it's not big sacrifices you have to make with Boba right now anymore. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, Double Fire Spray did win the last uh, in-person tournament we all three went to. Did it? It I wasn't my know. Double Fire Spray. It was uh, Greg's. Oh, yes, Greg, Greg at the, oh. the one store champ we went to. <laughs> yes, that's how I was running Boba Fenn, and he was running Double Fire Spray. <laughs> Double Fire Spray beats Boba Fenn straight out. <laughs> Agreed. Well, with all the other changes we saw in the points update... Uh, are there any things that get opened up by that that you see in Extended? Some combos that we might be looking forward to with some newer, cheaper things. Uh, a lot of things got points dropped. You can actually run three 
reasonably uh, geared IGs if people are trying to bring both robots back. Yeah, I think two IGs plus a third ship is probably the best yeah. still. Um, Especially the third ship with IGD crew. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I would guess there's something there that people just haven't quite found yet. Because um, IGs feel like pretty solid ships. They're just, they always just felt like they're like five points short. We were talking about yesterday during our lunch break the two IGs and Bosk with IGD, so Bosk yeah. can reinforce and they can pass calculates to Bosk for mods. Oh, um, that's something to think about. Um, Shadowcasters as well. Um, Shadowcasters are quite a bit more expensive than YVs, but... Hold on, can you fit Lando Crew on that Bosk? No, you're actually one point short of Lando Crew, ah, I checked. I, I checked. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I tried. The system works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was realizing, I'm like, oh, if you're passing multiple calculates to Bosk... Yeah, the system works, though. Yeah. Stupid system. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I would guess that, like, if if you really want to run aggressors, I would say start with two of them, uh, probably A and C, and then you know find a third ship. You can actually do uh, two aggressors and a bounty hunter, which seems okay. True. Uh, and you have eight points. Or, sorry, you have five points left over after you put on the titles and um, IGD. IGD. But the bounty hunter can actually utilize IGC's ability as well, which is something that, uh, we haven't really seen. Yeah, boosts into evade is solid. Yeah, I'm sorry, I only have four points. IGC is one more than IGB was. Yeah. But, like, there might be something there. Um, you get three medium-based ships. All of them are pretty tanky. All of them throw a lot of attack dice. All of them are very maneuverable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to, like, just to talk about things that didn't exist before that might, I think the Nantex swarms are actually pretty solid. Uh, I didn't really surprisingly believe yeah, <laughs> when I first heard people talking about them, but uh, I mean, what makes the Nantics fun is actually what makes them really good. The fact that they can ignore obstacles by barreling themselves off of them. The fact that they ignore being blocked and like blocking them is almost bad because they're going to bump into you and then barrel out of your arc and still shoot you. Yeah. Um, things they like modless, but they're still going to shoot you. Yeah. Like you can, you can fit five of them with Grievous. I know it's been a popular list. Uh, I know, our boy Greg has been looking at Greg. a pair of Bellababs with four of them. Yeah, we uh, we ran that last night. Uh, Greg and I had a quick game, and yeah, four uh, Stalgaston Hive Guards with Predator and two Skoakin uh, Aces. You can tell I Skakoan. Skakoan. You can tell I never play this faction because I played Skako. Skako Aces comes out to an even two hundred. It's six ships all at I three, which isn't bad for a six ship list, and. Predator, as much as we have ragged on it in the past, really makes sense on a Nantex because your high damage attacks are going to be bullseye anyway. Plus, yeah. they, don't have, they can't pick up the target lock on a mm-hmm. disengaged turn or anything else like a lot of other ships I can. think that's the big thing is they do not have access to target lock. Like, right. That like gives Predator is the only, only way they get rerolls. The yeah. only double mods they can get. Um, and Skako and Aces, the Belba Lab, is pretty much just the uh, Dirt Maul version of an X-Wing. Not bad there for... You know, you're you're losing uh, a bit of uh, health there. It's one health less than an X-wing, but for 38 points for an I3, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Nantex spam lists go, my gut is that they're still a little they're still a little lackluster. Uh, I think they're really good against people who haven't played against them before, because you can't play just like standard jousting efficiency x-wing against them or they'll they'll pick you apart mm-hmm. oh um, yeah but at the end of the day these are a lot of really fragile ships uh so i think you're leaning into variants a lot and 
over the course of a six round tournament, I think that can really bite you in the butt. Yeah, really there. Uh, you'd mentioned the droid swarm seer and, uh, Six or seven droids are still out there. What about Sunfock and some droids? Uh, you you ran that list uh, pretty much to its maximum, Doug. Is that it, still potentially viable? It still fits. Uh, I mean, I, you lose Crackshot, which was always a very optional upgrade, uh, for me at least. Um, but you can still do Sunfock with Ensnare and six Strut Vultures for 199. Um, I think it's still good. I just don't really have a desire to play it anymore. Um, you know, maybe if I get my butt kicked at Aurelia or Corellia. Uh, Aurelia, League of Legends. <laughs> it's here. Maybe if I get my butt my butt kicked at Corellia, then I'll I'll bring it back out and see how it does. Um, I know a lot of people are worried about the tractor changes for Ensnare Nantex. Uh, I don't think it's a very big deal. Um, I think it the tractor change just kind of punishes people who were riding by solely on the strength of Ensnare. Uh, but if you're you know, utilizing the strength of the list and then it just doesn't snare on top of it. I don't think you're going to feel the weight of it too much. Now, the tractor change came out in the January FAQ update between when you won Crossroads and when LVO and uh, Dallas happened, right? It did, but Sunfock actually came down on the most recent points change, so the list fits again. Right. Uh, no, I was mostly saying that it was the uh, the tractor change as well as the ensnare going up and things of that nature that I was wondering if that's the reason why we haven't seen it out there. But well, Sun th- was also ensnare wasn't hyperspaces during the most right. recent points change yeah. either. So that that denied that. it from being played in most of the tournaments that we actually had before yeah, COVID. Also in general, uh ensnare and Antex weren't as popular as people expected or, you know, thought they were the entire time. Like they were they were never a particular popular archetype in the meta. Yeah. Um and I think most of the people who ran them were kind of burned out on it by the time the points change happened. So they just kind of took the excuse to stop running them. Yeah, like Paul ran. Sure, Paul Heaver ran Sure Deck and Seven for a while. Yeah. Oh. Which, uh, Which also is an ensnare list. But yeah, he stopped as soon as the points change. It hasn't gone back. He's now yeah. flying Wookiees. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, and that's an interesting one that someone uh, brought up that uh, Paul Heaver, uh, a name some people might be familiar with, Running an interesting list, uh, four Ozatux plus a thir- uh, fifth ship. Yeah, the most popular one currently has been Sabine and the TIE Fighter with Intimidation, uh, and then Zeb on one of the Wookiees. Um, it's what he's been running in the Vassal League. Uh, it's, uh, in his words, it is not the most efficient jousting list, but it's still a good jousting list. Uh, but most importantly, it is a jousting list that tears apart aces because it has so much arc coverage, they just can't get away. Right, okay, so I just had, I'm doing the math on this in my head, realizing that, so, for the most part, an Ozituck and a B-Wing fill similar jousting roles, stat line-wise and whatnot, but you've got the much wider arc, you sacrifice a little bit of mobility, but the wider arc means you don't need that mobility as much. Yeah. You have the option of reinforce if you want to go defensive. Hmm. And then Sabine's just there as a great flanker. Yeah, uh, well, blocker is mostly what he uses her for. Um, okay. That's the in- intimidation. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, she's a could, she's amazing blocker. Yeah, you could also bring Zeb in the attack shuttle if you just wanted a fifth, three, third attack die ship. Um, Ooh, you could bring EP five like coordinates. Uh, like there, there are a couple of flexible options. Um, but mostly, you just get a you get essentially a like a four B wings and Zeb that was popular for a while when B wings first hit forty two. Indeed, um, indeed. That sounds, a lot, that sounds a lot like my old beloved 4BZ list. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a similar archetype. You just get a, a lot more arc coverage. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a slog to chew through. I, I hope it doesn't get popular, but it's probably... <laughs> yeah, uh, in a couple other chats, uh, we've been doing a bit of theory crafting with the how much hull can you actually cram into a list. And if you're willing to sacrifice being a good list, because survivability <laughs> is not the end-all be-all, you can fit upward. I think 54 is the most health you can mathematically fit in a list. Yeah. However, that's basically you're running a bunch of suboptimal ships that aren't giving you any offense or maneuverability or utility. Yeah, at, at some point, raw health just isn't useful anymore. you got to have to actually have offense to back it up. Similar to how raw red dice is an indicator, indicator of a list. That's the word. Uh, it's like, you got to look at it holistically. And uh, no no single thing is there. Uh, red dice is probably better than just looking at raw health, because raw health means is basically meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it uh... means you're, you have longer to lose. Yeah, you get less of a bathroom break between rounds. Uh, I think the only thing raw health actually does is creates a set number of hits it takes to kill you. Like, that's about the only metric you gain from that. That is the only thing you can guarantee happens. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're playing on Vassal, where the point is you only have so many rounds, I almost wonder if you could engineer a list that would just be survivable over turns and... You know, obviously not castling and not dirtling in a corner with Star Vipers to avoid combat, but just slow rolling with one straight stop, one straight stop with all those Ozatuks and reducing the number of rounds when your rounds are literally limited for combat as a strategy. Uh, dirty pool or viable tactic? Uh, I mean, it's not dirty per se. Yeah. I don't know right if it's. In, it's right in that line. I, I, I don't would know if it's it, viable either, though. Like, yeah. Because if you give up any points, you're not going to have time to win them back. Yeah, I think if you find a list that successfully does that, you're essentially doing the same thing as Quad Star Vipers were. Um, you're you're exploiting tournament rules, not actually trying to win the game. And we do come down on the side that that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's not against the rules, obviously, but it's. And I really hate this term, but it's against the spirit of the game. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I love making you take vague moral stands. It's so wonderful. Uh, like, it's just, it's ethically feels strong, but if there's yeah. a less strong version of the word ethically wrong, at the end of the day, that. even though we play this competitively, this is a tabletop board game with game. zero actual prizes on the line. I came My to, plastic. Yeah, I came to enjoy myself and play a game, not exploit people and waste 75 minutes of their time. I can do that on my own time. Yeah. I work at a call center. <laughs> Speaking of enjoying, uh, Doug, two <laughs> ships that you found uh, rather enjoyable and success with, uh, specifically the Silencer and uh, Von Reg's tie. You can run uh, Von Reg or Avenger and three Sinar Jameis Engineers or Kylo Ren with three First Order Provocateurs. Are either of those good lists that might appear? Uh, I think... Those have plenty of viability in hyperspace. Yeah. I do not think they cut it in extended. It is the position of our apartment that First Order is essentially a hyperspace faction. Yeah, not that you can't succeed in extended. It's just that way harder. Yeah, I just anytime I build a First Order list, I just look at it and I go, "What is this doing that another faction can't do better?" And the answer Usually is Kylo, Imperial. <laughs> Kylo Ren is the only answer. And 
he's, he's he can't carry a list completely by himself. Fair enough. So Doug but... can Doug can make it pretty close. I can try, but even then, <laughs> I, like as much as I love Supernatural Kylo, I haven't actually done anything with him in two. No, the one time you took Kylo tabs, and it didn't go particularly well. I did it twice, and I missed the cut by. <laughs> I don't remember the second time. I took it to Kentucky and missed the cut. I'm... I came in seventeenth. That's right. And then so he did pretty well. Yeah, and then in Tulsa, I went three and three. That's right. I forgot about Tulsa. Indeed. I was busy flying Rebel Beef, so my brain was preoccupied. Preoccupied, <laughs> daydreaming. Yep. Thinking um, of all the fun you could have later out, on. Shout out to Greg for a very frustrating game he played against me, where where I was playing Rebel Beef and I just killed his mall on the first turn for no damage back. No. Shout out to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Greg. Greg. Bad Greg noises. Sad well, Greg noises. As we've been throwing out a bunch of theoretical lists this weekend, we have Corellia coming up, and we're going to have to actually uh, put in some lists. Which I oh. believe uh, Doug was decided on, and Alex and I just submitted ours today. So uh, yep. yeah, um, I mean, decided is still a little bit of a strong word. I just kind of ended up going with the last thing I practiced. You pulled the trigger before we did. So. Yeah, uh, submitted it during last night's attempt at recording, as opposed to tonight's attempt at recording. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I am running two Delta Squadron defenders, uh, which are the I one generics. Nothing on them, and then uh, Echo and the Typhanum with passive sensors and Fifth Brother. Um, it's 199 points. It's a super defensive stat checklist, which what I mean by that is that uh, I'm kind of leaning to the fact that a lot of people will underestimate how efficient it is and will just walk into it. Um, so the thing about defenders is they're next to impossible to kill without like three or more attacks a turn. Uh, it's I threw nine dice into one yesterday and got two damage. <laughs> like Yeah. Um, like it, it takes you have to muscle them down so hard. Mm hmm. And uh, I'm confident enough that I can, uh, looking at the lists, except when I'm going to be outjousted, and then just drag people through the rocks. And uh, if they're going to outjoust me, they're almost certainly lower initiative than Echo. And then Echo is going to do higher initiative phantom things to them. Um, that's the idea behind the list. I haven't really put in enough reps to say for sure how well I do. But uh, I don't know. I'm feeling okay about it. Right. It's been frustrating me, so it's yeah. doing pretty well. Say, <laughs> it's been Echo, it's been a pain to play against. Echo was my hundred percent favorite pilot in first edition, and I barely touched her in second edition. And it's because the Phantom is a pretty different ship, uh, but I still really enjoy playing her. So that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm most excited for is getting to play Echo for a tournament. Something I wanted to mention in the last section is actually the double defender lists and defenders in general. They're so cheap now, yeah. but you can't run three. Um, who cares? Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but like, even looking at the Rexler is super cheap. You can do a lot more with defenders than you used to be able to. Mm -hmm. And it's probably worth looking at as much as it kills my soul to say, because defenders are so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and I looked really hard at uh, variations of a list. Michael Simon ran at warfare last year, which, uh, Michael Simon is biophysical on the FFG forums. Uh, he's a guy who's known for being really good with defenders, uh, particularly in first edition before they oh, got their fixes. Yeah, he, he went undefeated at uh, our first regional mm -hmm. with double defender, Rexler, Vessery, pre-X7 or Delta B. Yeah. Or Wasn't he running uh, heavy laser cannons on him? Yeah. He was running heavy laser cannons on them. Yeah. It was Lone Wolf, Vessery, and then Rexler, and they both had heavy laser cannon and a hull upgrade, I think. Yeah. Uh, he, he slaughtered my Cavill IG and 2Z list. Mm -hmm. Defenders, uh, all the ships that didn't need a power increase in 2nd yeah. edition. <laughs> uh, to be fair, they, they pay for it now. They're yeah. Oh, 
They're not um, 31 points anymore. Yeah, deltas are still the equivalent of 35 points in first edition points, like which is uh, seven more yeah. than an X7 defender was yeah. in first edition. So they they yeah. pay for their their efficiency. Indeed, um, they do. I really anyway, don't... he ran a, a Soontir Rexler Seven Sister uh, in the tap list at Warfare last year, and it it was really solid. Um, I think I beat him in round five. Uh, but it was it was like a nail biter of a game where it came down to a couple of random wild crits that totally shifted it back and forth. Um, like but we like, were looking at Rexler suit here, fifth brother now, but he's out and he's cheaper than seventh sister. Yeah, that's what we were looking at. I would have flown that if I had reps, but I I'm not very familiar with Imperial Aces in general, and I so I'm not flying it. Um, kind of trailed off there. Sorry, Ted. Continue. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, the point is that, like, I think that there's still a place for triple imperial aces. Uh, I just think you have to be a, a little creative compared to the the Olipakna list of here's the three uber aces. Let's slap them together and call it a list. Um, you gotta, you gotta think. Yeah, think but a, a defender can be an excellent yeah. substitute for somebody like Vader. He's like the defender's not going to arc dodge in the same way, but when you have focus of eight and seven health on three agility, you don't really have to. Like you essentially have arc dodged by being in their arc. Yeah, you just have to dodge two of the three arcs and then avoid damage of the third because you're impossible to hit. Uh, yep. Now and white four K means they're pretty good against aces too. It's really hard for an ace to. Aces are slower than defenders usually, so disengaging is not a great strat. And you can't stay constantly engaged because of the white 4k and the repositions. They they can do a lot of things that you can't do. They're very difficult to deal with. Yeah, the biggest thing with aces against defenders is they have to choose to either arc dodge or shoot, but they can never do both against defenders. Yeah. Like, right. And sometimes they can do neither. Yeah. <laughs> and with the changes, how many points is passive sensors on Echo? Two. It actually oh. So it is cheaper than a uh, targeting computer. Yeah, yeah. So also sensors better is cheaper on, on i four and lower, and then more expensive on five and six. Okay. And it's better than it's better than targeting computer because you can yeah, lock the sh- you can lock a ship in combat knowing what arc it's in. Like right. for stuff like lower initiative stuff, pass sensors is better than targeting computer. And still okay. choose to take a calculate in situations where I'm not going to have a shot, but I'm being true. Shot true. True. All right. Well, we've got Doug's list. Uh, Alex, what have uh, you got some reps with that you're bringing? Um, well, I've got two reps, but uh, I'm bringing Fenrau with Fearless, Talon Bane with Fearless and Afterburners, basically a smaller Fenrau, <laughs> and uh, Cavill with the Dorsal Turret, Han Gunner, Plasma Torpedoes, Expert Handling, and R4 Astromech. Um, so, uh, disclaimer, we all know I hate R4 Astromech as a card. I think it's garbage. And Expert Handling is not a good card either. <laughs> I but, believe those were both two of your picks for uh, our crappy cards in X-Wing. At least our for Astromech was for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, well, Cavill stresses himself every turn. With, with Gunner Han, yes. Yeah, I'm paying points to use Han Gunner every turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my full dial being open. Um, this is a carry ship. This is a seven-point ship. It's not a dirtily Y-Wing with an ion cannon at I-2. This is an I-5, essentially co- version of Redline. So it needs the ability to ha- to do any maneuver and still clear its stress every turn. That's how it gets full mods. That's how it functions as a useful ship. Without that, I would be bringing a different ship entirely. Expert handling the same. Sometimes with the Dorse turret, you have to bear well from range 3 to range 2 to get a shot, and then I can still have Han to get my mods. Um, so that's my disclaimer. It was very wordy. Um, this is one of the... I'd call out Han Gunner Y-Wings as the one application where our Astro was acceptable besides Poe. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, I chose it because I'm, it's, I'm comfortable with Fenrao. Cavill was my favorite chip in 1.0. Um, Talonbane is basically Fenrao, but I-5 and worse defensively. But the point is, let people joust me and throw two five-die attacks and a plasma torpedo at them. You'd be like, I hope I killed your ship. If not, I'm probably going to lose, but if I did, I'm probably going to win. <laughs> so you're yeah. going all in on the glass cannon strategy. I, just... I mean, they're relatively durable ships, but I'm going in on the big cannon strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say it's feast or famine in the sense that that opening engage is so vital to your list of success. <laughs> like, Indeed. Um, but they are relatively durable ships, but they're None of them are particularly AC in terms of like getting out of arcs and stuff like Indeed. that. Indeed, yeah, none of them are. None of them can arc dodge effectively. Yeah, um, you're on a low ship count, which means you you pretty much have to initiative kill stuff, or you're going to take more firepower back than you throw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but oh man, the, the focus fire of this list is just yeah. That's a, I mean, the yeah. damage output is is monstrous if you that's, get a lot. There's thirteen, 13 dice and an extra shield. Yep. <laughs> so obviously, your shooting order ideally. Uh, Ben Cavill Talonbane. In theory, yeah. Um, It depends. Like, if it's against, like, Doug's defenders, um, if Fen strips the tokens, I'll file, I'll fire Cavill second. But if Fen doesn't, I'll use Talonbane to strip the tokens and fire Cavill last so that when he hits, I get the extra shield, which is probably more damage than Talonbane was going to do because Cavill is completely modded and Talonbane's only mostly modded. Plus, you've got, if you're in range two, you've got a three die shot with dorsal anyway. Or range one, the four die shot with dorsal. Yeah. Like, this list throws a crap ton of red dice. Yeah. I know, disclaimer, I just said, and that's not a good measure. But it also does it all at high initiative and with um, full High, mods. Highly modified red dice. Yeah. Right. Uh, can't, really, can't really fault that at all. Uh, that, if, that, if I wasn't so scared of flying Fen Rao, I would probably be trying something like this because you guys know I love, you know, Kiraxes and Talonbane. Uh, well, Talonbane's my ace is high boy, but Talonbane's a solid chip. He's very cheap. Yeah, he's. I think he's pretty underlooked. Like the taking him down from initiative uh, was he eight or nine? In he was eight. he was not he was nine. Yeah, he has nine. Yeah, he was the super ace, <laughs> and taking him down to an I five while still high is not the 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 peak that a lot of people. Yeah, but I think it actually fits better because he can be cheaper, and the Kirax isn't an ace chassis; it's a jouster. That's a jouster, and you don't even have like engine upgrade anymore to add boost. Yeah, like uh, I think the the fearless afterburners for fifty nine is perfectly acceptable, but I think you can make a strong argument that you just bring him for fifty points, and you just go, "I'm just going to throw him at people," and if he gets two five die shots off, he's been worth fifty points. Like the other thing I considered is like, am I bringing him in a jousting heavy list? I'm gonna I bring swarm tactics. And I bring Seavor with him. To, he's the best carrier of Swarm Tactics to bump Seavor up above more of a list. Um, he's the cheapest one for that. Like, Paul did it in a system with Boba Fett with Swarm Tactics to have Seavor shoot first. Talonbane's a third of the cost of Boba. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, not right. a third. Talonbane's half the cost of Boba. But Kirax also has a fantastic dial. It's oh, white no, one hearts. Um, and it's got a, it's got a white barrel, white target lock, white focus. It's got a good no action no range well. actions, which no, is but... I think the the weak point of that ship. It's uh, a jouster though. I mean, jousters don't always have weak link actions. It's an X wing without S foils. Is all. Yeah, it is. that's like, all it is. Um, and right. like the the S foils are useful on a T sixty five, but they're not nearly as good as like a T seventies S foils. Like there are plenty of games where you get zero value out of S foils with X wings. Indeed. Uh, all right. I, well, I think the Kirax is definitely an underrated ship. Agreed. 
Right. Well, you guys have made a lot of strategic choices and uh, defensible strategies with uh, your list. I, however, uh, I, I just punted to things I'm comfortable with. Uh, I did too, man. But see, I, I went for what's the closest to my old beef list <laughs> that I can get. Uh, I'm running Cassie Nandor in the U-Wing with Pivot Wing and Leia Organa. Braylon Stram in the B-Wing. Ten Num in a B-Wing with stabilized S-Foils. And Ezra Bridger in the attack shuttle. What? Yeah, exactly. If I, if you had to look and say what's the worst ship in the Rebel faction, almost everybody would probably say the attack shuttle uh, or the Hawk. Oh, they're yeah. they're wrong if they say the attack shuttle. Yeah, uh, but for forty points, I think I would say the Z ninety five. But yeah, I would say the Z ninety five as well. For forty points, you have a <laughs> ship that is a three to attack die ship. The option for a turret, which I'm not bringing, but. Ezra's ability and a force point, importantly, lets you barrel roll into evade, stress yourself, have an evade, have effectively uh, brilliant evasion on offense and defense because of Ezra's ability. If you position him right, he's a great three-die cannon there. Uh, He's only four health behind two agility, so, you know, he's not exactly the most defensive ship, but that perennial, the fact that he's always got the force, and it can usually, with an evade and stressed, you've got some pretty good defensive mods there with Ezra. Uh, yeah, another way to think of it is, like, he's as tanky as a phantom. Like, he's got one less health, but he can use that evade freely all the time. <clears throat> uh, like, the having essentially focus evade every turn is very, it's, it's a, a way to beef up that four health by quite a bit. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, I played it in a practice game against Greg uh, last night, and Ezra's focus was almost always, I mean, his force was almost always used on defense, because after uh, Cassian got burned down, Ezra was the next target, and it ended up Ezra was the uh, ship that survived to the end of the game. (laughs) But uh, Cassian, of course, being able, all three of the other ships use stress as a mechanic, and Cassian being able to clear that, plus Leia giving all these ships the ability to stop... uh, K-turn, reposition uh, with impunity is it's got utility. It's not like the old damage passing beef, which was the first uh, version of this I tried to make with uh, two selfless blades, bigs, and a selfless K2SO with Leia. Uh, That having much uh, that was was what I originally was working from with the idea of four ships all with three die attacks, all at initiative three, with K2SO having the option to coordinate, stress himself, get a calculate. But I just didn't think it would have enough of good offensive output. I thought, you know, one, once it starts going downhill, lists like that, for me at least, tend to tend to break down in the mid-game. If your engage doesn't go well, you can get screwed. This, I think, uh, it's... A lot like Alex's list, it's betting a lot on offense and good engagements, which is tricky, but I've flown B-Wings and U-Wings since 2.0 came out. Uh, It's beef lists were what I had the most success with when they were legal, before they got priced into the stratosphere. And while... Thank God. Yeah. As much as I love my Rebel beef, I have to concur with that statement, because... Yeah, the fact that I could take a list and just blindly fly it right into the teeth of anything and laugh off that first engagement was... Including a TIE Swarm. I literally flew Rebel Beef into a TIE Swarm and killed two TIEs for a damage. Like, yeah. It was, it was so dumb. 
you know, this is a list where you are going to against uh, four four plus ships. You are going to get if you have a straight joust. At least one of your ships is going to hurt badly after that first one. But you should be able to kill one of anything on a good opening engage, short of say a defender or Kylo or things like that. But if they're running, I think it's good uh, having four three dice ships against aces because you've got wide arc coverage, you've got double modded shots with Braylon and ten, you've got uh, not really double modded, but you've got double modded defense with Ezra, and a U-wing is just a statistically good ship. Cassian is expensive at 51 points, 58 with Leia, but the U-Wing stat line and dial are really good. It's a medium-based B-Wing, effectively, and I can find no flaw with that. Okay, yeah. I, think I can find a lot of flaws with it, but I don't think it's a bad choice here. I think no, uh, I, I think you have a, a solid four-ship Rebel Beef hit list here. Like mm-hmm, You essentially found a way to take the old Rebel Beef and accepted that you would have to take some losses to offense, but you mitigated it as well as you could. Like you kept another third attack die ship in there with Ezra. Um and you you added enough defensiveness that like he's not just gonna disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, it, it's not damage passing, but none of those ships are easy to take off the board. No, uh, you need to focus fire to get one of them off the board. Yeah. They are all good at one on one engagements. So the one thing also that uh we uh had been talking about this week uh, when looking at lists for this weekend, and yet none of us actually managed to put in our list uh, E-Wings as a bit of a sidebar. They are better than people give them uh, credit for. I think there's a lot of 1.0 holdover on E-Wings. People remember you know, the 50-point Corn Horn glory days where he was just impossible to kill, and he would swoop in and double tap for 6 damage on a ship and then run away for 6 turns regening the whole time uh, and so now whenever they look at e-wings they go this ship just dies you know what am i supposed to do with it um and the trick is is that it's not an ace anymore it's a, a superiority fighter like mm-hmm. you have to you have to utilize the experimental scanners you gotta you have to pick up your target lock before the engagement come in to combat with full mods blast something and then disengage reacquire lock and repeat and you have Six health on three agility takes a long time to kill, on average. Look at uh, the silencer. Yeah, yeah. Look at the silencer. Silencers don't have evade, but they're still super tanky. Uh, this is a silencer that can take the evade action if necessary. And mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have auto thrusters, but it has full mods when it enters combat. Yeah, it, it can choose to enter combat whatever it wants. It has a very open dial and boost. Mm-hmm. Um, it can choose. It can choose to disengage whatever it wants, and it can always come back with full mods whenever it chooses to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the lists that we came up with that uh, you actually came up with, Doug, that I was seriously considering is taking the concept of Rebel Beef without Leia with uh, Biggs, a Red Squadron veteran with Selfless, and two Nave Squadrons, the I-2 uh, E-Wing, both with Fire Control System and R-3 Astromech, allowing them to, turn one, take two target locks out there. Uh, the X-Wings are good at keeping up with the E-Wings to be able to do some of that damage passing. Also, 3-3 three, three die attacks. You're just going at 2-2-3-3. Two, two, three, three. Uh, that was pretty much going to be my go-to. I was, like, a hair's breadth away from submitting that, and I thought, nope, I'd rather try the double mods on, you know, the 4-4-3-3 four, four, three, three initiative and, you know, go with that. So uh, if, if this list, uh, Rebel, doesn't pan out for me, 
or even if it does, I'm probably going to be trying uh, putting that uh, Biggs Red Squadron and the two Knaves on the table at some point. Yeah, like uh, I don't know that it's a top tier list, but it has potential. Like it throws the exact same number of red dice that your current list does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knaves are essentially the same as Braylon and Ten, uh, and their Red Squad Vet and Biggs are essentially the same as the Ewing and Ezra. But the, you have a way to keep the knaves alive for as long as humanly possible in in bigs in the red squad bed. Absolutely. And that yeah. list, the the four small base ships makes it a little bit easier to fly. Uh, you're a little bit faster. You do lose quite a bit of initiative, which hurts. Um, but like, I think there's pros and cons to both lists. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I feel you know I I my heart tells me I've come down on the right side of this coin flip, but. Uh, I like the idea that even if I bomb out and do my usual two and four at these things, uh, I will have something I can look forward to flying for the next tournament. So I will say that uh, I normally am not somebody who drops some tournaments. Like even if I'm, if I have no chance of making the cut, like I went there to play X-Wing all day, so I'm going to play. I think these are going to be events that I'll drop from if I'm doing poorly. Just because yeah, I'll just switch home. from X-Wing yeah. to League of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm at home. I don't. I don't have to to suffer through it if I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Also, the, the bros aren't there. Like, yeah. I mean, our bros are here because we live together. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, definitely but... looking forward to playing X-Wing again. But I don't. I don't think it's going to be quite the same as going to an interview. Agreed. Absolutely. I mean, this is the closest that we're personally, you know, that we've got in six, almost seven months. And there are a lot of things that are convenient about it. The fact that you know, you can, you don't have to worry about crowded spaces, uh, you know, packed tables, noise, the things that for a lot of people make big tournaments kind of at times uncomfortable. Uh, they're not there in online tournaments. So a situation like this really could benefit people who might feel uh, that big tournaments, I mean, this is, we're up to what, almost 200 plus people now for uh, Corellia, I think. I think it broke 200, yeah. So in in person, this would be a really large event, and anyone who's you know comes down on the introverted side of things, maybe uh, agoraphobic. There are a lot of folks out there who don't do well with crowds and large events. Uh, getting the opportunity to play something like this, it might be the only six round tournament people can get to play. So you have the idea of there's nothing to lose by staying in, but at the same time, for those of us who really enjoy the social aspect of these tournaments and things like that the ability to you know oh my game was over in 35 minutes i'm gonna go get a quick bite and watch my buddy play you don't get that same effect but props to uh dion and gold squadron and the folks that are putting this on this is going to be an every other weekend full-time job for them so big ups to uh gold squadron for putting in the effort on this dion is as always a blessing to the community for putting his heart into this kind of stuff also fly better they're involved as well so thanks to them as well yeah, yeah. i'm amazed farmer has time between all the different podcasts he's starting up <laughs> Jeez. he's doing so many podcasts i mean i'm sure he's got to keep himself busy i mean but... he's probably soon he'll start a podcast tutorial podcast called podcast better <laughs> <laughs> i feel like they that, that thing from pacific rim it started out you know first we had fly better then we had fly better and dm better by december he will be putting out two podcasts a week We'll have a double podcast before 2021. <laughs> but no, we, we kid. We love Ryan Farmer for what he adds to the community as well. Uh, He's a good and, dude. Yeah, and uh, I, I always have to laugh because uh, 
the photo I took of him at LVO is still his Discord avatar of the man who bravely in a room full of rabid Star Wars fans wore a t- uh, sweatshirt that said directed by Ryan Johnson in the Star <laughs> Wars font. And I mean, he also he named the freaking side event yeah. The Last Jedi is the second greatest Star Wars movie ever. Exactly. Open or whatever it was called. Yeah. <laughs> but when I walked into LVO and I saw him there, I stood in front of him, I was like, man walks into a Star Wars convention wearing that shirt, you know he's not afraid of anybody. For the and, record, he was also correct. Yeah, he was correct. That's an amazing movie, too. Ryan Johnson, great director, the official position of this podcast. I agree. Uh, Last Jedi was a good movie, is my official position. I'm Have you seen gonna... any of Ryan Johnson's other movies? I mean, probably. I just can't commit right now. <laughs> I still haven't seen Knives Out. Oh, I haven't seen oh. Knives Out. It's on the list. Oh, yeah. he, did Lo- he did Looper, right? Looper was good. Looper was good. Knives Out is great. Uh, uh, Brick you know, also. Brick is amazing. Oh, I, Brick didn't see, is, I haven't yeah. seen Brick, but that's also Ryan Johnson. I've seen Brick. <laughs> Doug's seen a movie I haven't. Time <laughs> to... I'm gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> guys. We're done here. Doug All hasn't right. even seen godfather though so let the record show <laughs> you teared me apart lisa that's yeah, the room not the godfather that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> good at pop culture <laughs> you're tearing me apart. oh hi matt <laughs> still, still i know that one's still <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you lisa you can't refuse <laughs> We've lost the thread completely. Yeah. All right, Shut so it all down. Shut it all down, quick. We've uh, we've decided and covered what we're flying at uh, Corellia this weekend. We've kind of given a bit of a look at what we might expect out there. I really think we're going to see a bunch of brand new lists out there that uh, might take us by surprise. And for me, at least, that's half the enjoyment of it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's about as mad world as it was at the beginning of 2.0. Like, there's no established meta. It's pretty much everybody just taking shots in the dark at what they think is good. Cavill won it for me last time. Cavill will win it for me again this time. Yeah, Cavill yeah, for life. We mentioned the uh, the Missouri Chlorian earlier, our uh, city versus city Missouri tournament. One of the things I love about that is that we get to see what the other the other people play. We we play in our own local Kansas City meta so much that we're used to seeing certain lists, certain ways they're flown. And then we get a completely different mindset coming in from the folks in Colombia, Mexico, mm-hmm. St. Louis. Uh, I'm sure there are other cities, but uh, this is going to be probably great. there are probably other cities. Uh, I've not heard of any besides those four, but random tangent. But, <laughs> uh, name the one. But Crossroads of 2018 was the first 2.0 tournament that Smith and I played in that was like a bigger than just like a local thing. And Smittle took a Fenrau Cavill centric list, and I took a double Delta centric list. That's true. And I won and the now, whole thing. And now, almost exactly two years later, we're doing the exact same thing. Oh, why You know, hear me out. What if I drop Talonbane Cobra? He's one point more than two quad jumpers. Uh, <laughs> I have the same list, but without the 10 point bid or the pro. I'm going to keep Echo over a Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> to be fair, the Deltas were like 10 points more together than they are now. That's true. Um, I mean, if I could get Swarm Tactics Wedge in my list, I would. But uh, So, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend for everybody who's uh, going to be participating in Corellia. Best of luck, unless you're facing us. Uh, true. For those, for those of you not, not, not taking part in it, you can always watch it streamed uh, through Gold Squadron's YouTube and Twitch. Gold Squadron, so, at Gold Squadron Podcast, I believe. 
Fantastic. It's called Quagga. They know where it is. <laughs> uh, so, with all that in there, let's... Uh, three, two, one... Shoutouts? Uh, Bob My Howe. Father, Bob, Bob, King, Howe. Bob Howe. I got it off. Greg! <laughs> but uh, in a non-gibberish us yelling over each other, my father, Bob Howe. No, no. The Falcon King. <laughs> the one and only. Yeah, I uh, I have noticed uh, through some Discord stuff that uh, Bob's been playing a lot of Tabletop Simulator lately. He has been playing a lot of he uh, Tabletop Simulator. Uh, he can't play this weekend, unfortunately. This is, like, of all of the the Galaxy's terms, this is the one weekend he had something going on. Oh, so he has to wait until Crate, as he said, it's the first one he'll probably play in. Yeah, because I know uh, he's had to skip tournaments because uh, he's very active in the St. Louis chess community. And uh, yeah, and he just has a, a job. Like, he owns a small business and sometimes just has to work weekends. What's the uh, point of being the boss if you can't just, like, you know, faff off and go do an X-Wing tournament? I mean, he does That's it like a lot. Do whatever <laughs> <laughs> True. Bob is a wise and benevolent ruler. True. He is, and, uh, you know, that's something we need more of in this community. Uh, again, shout out to Dion and Gold Squadron and Fly Better and everybody putting on this uh, Not A System Open series so we can have some kind of community interaction during these dark times. Absolutely. He's doing, uh, he's doing great work. Indeed. So Everyone root for me and then these two. <laughs> that's true. Alex needs it more. He's, uh, he's at kind of a low point in his X-Wing career. Give him your energy. Am yeah, I, he, he only cut at a system open and <laughs> the last turn I defeated at a nationals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, just take, I'm just taking what little pride I can that I'm technically ahead of you two in the standings in our spring slash summer slash probably into fall local league. I'm pretty sure I have a losing record in that league. But I'm two and I'm two and two. Like I think I'm one and two, and then I haven't played another game since you know early COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, our, our local league. Uh, before everything came down, we had set up a 10-week tournament where you had 10 games to play in whatever order, and the second week of it, we all went into lockdown. I was lucky enough to get three games in. Uh, I know I think I got five games in in those first two weeks just because everybody had showed up those nights, all my opponents. And so I have I, I started out jumping to the lead and then proceeded to lose every other game since. So it's been uh, it's been interesting. I think I might still make the cut just on volume of wins. So I think, like to be fair, I'm in cup position at two and two. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been an odd time. This uh, oh, this I'm pandemic. One I'm doing even worse than I thought. This pandemic has thrown uh, a monkey wrench into pretty much everything. But again, we're making the best of it. Everybody, when you're going out there, you've got to go out in public. If you do, wear your mask. Take care of everybody. Uh, be safe. Be good to each other. Next time uh, we're here, we'll be able to cover how we did at Corellia, and hopefully we'll have some FFG news. Yeah. Indeed. And so, if not, we'll think of something. We'll um, come up with... Breaking down I don't back. know why I brought that up, but... We'll be breaking down things. Uh, in, exactly. Like I said, in the next couple weeks, uh, we'll start doing a bit of a uh, faction breakdown for Extended in the same way that we did for Hyperspace. Oh, yeah. Probably not as uh, in-depth because there are so many more ships in Extended. Yeah, we won't go through every ship, but maybe Absolutely. some. Just overlying themes and standouts, yeah. Uh, so if anybody has any requests as to what factions we should cover first, be sure to hit us up on the socials. We if won't listen, but feel free yeah. to hit us up. Oh, we will absolutely. Also, if anyone ever has more ideas for uh, things like when we talked about wind conditions, some of those more abstract ideas, like if you want us to go in depth about those, always hit us up, let us know. True. Absolutely. 
So, for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittles. See you at Corellia. Adios, friends. Lat. 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 Brute. 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 Hi, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you'd like to support us and help offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Radio and toss us a few credits to help keep the Huck cartels off our backs. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio and X-Wing Podcast, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Tashi Station X-Wing. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.